One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of Tuttle. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, Patrick. Nice cock. No wonder nobody likes you, Tuttle. Everything's a goddamn debate. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. It's going to be a short opening segment because I've already got some great content already lined up. So I just want to let you guys know, check out my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E dot net. If you'd like to questions or comments or anything like that, you can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. Now, guys, got a great show lined up. Going to be interviewing Margaret O'Connor who is a female that has been in the Catholic Church for pretty much all of her life, and she is fighting for equal rights when it comes to women in the Catholic Church as well as speaking out about the atrocities that have been committed against all of the minors in the Catholic Church and what needs to be done to get some real change done in the Catholic Church. Then I'm also going to be talking about right now how we're kind of all screwed. I'm not going to get in too much about last night's debate because I don't want to turn off my audience. I think people are tired of politics. And for the most part, I think that we need to just start worrying about ourselves and be good and help out your fellow Americans. But for the, for the most part, you cannot speak out anymore. Right wing, left wing, left wing, they're all guilty of doing it on both sides. The hate, the venom that is spit at both sides. That is why our country is the most divided that it has ever been in my lifetime and maybe even more in the previous generation. So going to take a quick break. But when I come back, we're going to get into some really, really good stuff. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. Professionally, I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Have you considered owning your own restaurant franchise? Good Life Organics currently offers territories across the United States. Check out GLO Franchising. That's GLO Franchising on Facebook to sign up for an overview session today. Good Life Organics Franchising, a new partner of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tell them Tuttle sent you. Send them a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash GLO Franchising. All right, guys, so I'm doing a little bit of a uh, walk 
I was running at the beginning of the year. See, that's that's what a lot of people don't realize is that once this pandemic started, I made I made a I made a conscious effort to start eating healthier, start working out. Now, it was kind of sad my workout regimen when I first started. I was just walking maybe about 4 or 5 miles a day. Wasn't even at a fast pace. It was just me walking. I didn't want to start out and hurt myself because I haven't worked out in a while. I, you guys got to realize that I was eating and taking every single substance that you could ever think of for a couple of years there after my divorce uh, from my ex-wife, Kristen. And I, I did a lot of damage to my body. But what I've been able to do and less than a year so far, probably nine or ten months right now, is night and day. It is crazy, the gains that I've made. You know, because for a little while there, for the first four or five months, I was losing weight. I was all the way down to like 162 pounds, and now I am almost back up to 178. And I don't want you to think like I'm getting fat because I'm not. I actually look skinnier than what I did when I was down in the low 160s. I am just pitting on a lot of muscle weight right now. And I don't want you guys to think I'm one of those uh, conceited type people. Like, I care about looks. Looks are important. I mean, I like... To meet chicks that have a great personality, yes, of course, there has to be some type of physical attraction when it comes to things like that. But guess what, guys? I'm not that person. The reason I wanted to get in shape is I wanted to be able to prove to myself that I can do it. I can make a change in my life for the better and and see what I can do because I was taking the easy way out. I had no discipline. I was eating and drinking and and doing every single drug you could think of for the longest time. And now I'm showing that I have the discipline, the determination to be able to make a change. And I've been able to do that. Like I went went out on that date the other day with Teresa, the nurse, the girl that that I went out with like earlier in the year when I got back on Tinder. So, So what I'm trying to say is that like, she saw a difference and and it was good to be able to get some feedback from the opposite sex saying, hey, I can see a difference. You are making some changes for the good. And that made me feel great, man. It, it really did. And and I don't want you to think like, oh, I'm trying to be some motivational speaker. Oh, I'm trying to be like this health fit guru guy. No, I'm not even going to do that. You guys, if you want to make changes, you're going to have to make them on your own. Nothing that I say is going to make you want to work out. You're going to have to you're going to have to figure that out on your own. And that's God honest truth, people like for real. I tried to kill myself last year. I'm the last person that you should be listening to right now. I, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, screw your mind or mind F you right now and be like, oh, well, you know, the, I try to kill myself. You shouldn't listen to me. No, I listen. I am the last person you should look, look to for motivation. 
Because I, I really, if in the grand scheme of things, I haven't accomplished anything at all. So why would anybody out there? That's the thing about these podcasts. These podcasts now, see, all the radio shows that I have been on, when I first started in radio, it was just you broadcasting to the market that you could be heard at. But now that that's not the case. Later on in my broadcasting career, yes, we were on, uh, we were on syndicated. We were in other markets, but you could also hear us online. Not a lot of people give me credit for that. Dude, do you guys realize that I, all the podcasts, all of the podcasts that you hear right now at Clear Channel Orlando, I was the first intern because I was only part-time. I wasn't even a producer at that point. I went to Russ. I said, hey, wh- how would you feel? There, there's this new thing out there right now that, that's called podcasts. And well, what's a podcast? I was like, well, I mean, a lot of people do like regular content that is exclusive. But why? I mean, a podcast is I could take the show at the end of the day, cut out all the commercials and pit it up and we'll be able to do that. And I was like, OK, if you want to do it, do it. And then guess what? Later down the road. Guess what? All the other shows on real radio started podcasting their their daily shows. And then after that, it, it, it stretched out to the other stations, the other formats in the cluster at Clear Channel Orlando. They started picking it up. And then I really, you know what? I, if I'm just being honest, I could be full of myself. I could be like S'ing my own D right now. But I think the whole reason that they went from Clear Channel to iHeartRadio was me showing everybody that podcasting can be popular because they all saw the difference. They saw how many people were listening to the daily podcast with the monsters in the morning. And that was all because of me. So I think maybe the reason why they're now iHeartRadio, your home for podcasting, it's because of me. You didn't need to be on the air anymore. And you know how much it costs to buy a, a uh, license to be able to broadcast in a certain market? Oh, it's way too expensive. You know what's cheaper? You just doing everything online. It just makes sense. And if you've ever worked for Clear Channel before, you know that they're all about saving money. So in the long run, you know what? Even though I don't work there anymore and I've been fired twice from iHeartRadio, a.k.a. Clear Channel, I'm the reason that they are probably and most likely iHeartRadio. And I know I'm going to sound like, oh, I'm... I I probably sound like one of those uh, right-wing talking heads because I'm taking credit for something that I did not even deserve. Guess what? Nobody can prove that it was not me that they went into podcasts. So let me know. If you want to write me, you can easily do that. Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds. T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Earlier, I was out walking about, and I was telling you, you know, I wanted to make a change. And I kind of lied to you. I, I really did lie to you a little bit. You know, I, I said that the reason that I was working out was because I wanted to prove to myself that I could accomplish something. And, and that's, that's not entirely true. One of the things, and, and this, is, this is how my mind works, okay? This, this is, I'm going to give you a little insight inside the brain of somebody that is not like, I don't even know what you would call me. I, I don't even like to label myself. 
But what I'm trying to say is this, this is how I look at the world. Now, at the time, I thought that, oh, well, I'm just trying to get healthier. I'm trying to prove that I can do something. And, and that's, that's not the case because deep down in my brain, I saw how bad things were getting. I, I saw what was happening with this country, how divided we are as, as citizens of the United States of America and with this pandemic. I, I'm, I've always been the biggest fan of The Walking Dead, and I'm not trying to compare what we're going through right now with this pandemic to The Walking Dead. But what I'm trying to say is that in The, in the Walking Dead, the zombies, yes, the zombies are a threat. But do you want to know what the real threat is? It is the people. The real threat is the people that are out there, the survivors, the ones that want everything that you have. Because when, when, the, when everything falls apart, when, everything's, when everything gets really, really bad, and the government's not here to take care of us anymore, and we have to fend for ourselves, and I'm not trying to say that all Americans, I'm not trying to say that Americans are bad at heart because they're not. That, that's not the case. But when people get desperate, yes, yeah, I mean, you, you in the past, all Americans have looked out for other Americans, but when the S hits the fan, the only people you owe anything to is yourself, uh, your other half, like a wife, girlfriend, fiance, and your relatives, your, your relatives, like your cousins, your grandfathers, your uncles, whatever it may be. So, so that's the, that, those are the only people. When, when it all comes down to it, those are the people you got to look out for. And we, as Americans, we have lived too comfortable of a life. We all have this, like, we all have this, like, little thing thinking that we are good as a society. And, and that's not the case. Like, we are only one little thing away from setting off a bonfire, a wildfire, kind of like what we're having in California right now, to burn out of control. And what happens if you have to defend yourself? What happens if when you call 911, it's not there? It's not there for either two reasons. They're over swamped or, you know, like the Republicans would like to say that the Democrats have defunded the police. So, so what I'm saying is, are you prepared? To be able to take care of yourself because what has happened as Americans, we have all become soft. We just intake all of these uh, over-preserved, or over-preserved foods that are unhealthy for us. It's the main reason why we're unhealthy. The reason why we've had a higher death rate here in the United States of America when it comes to COVID. Because we, as a society... I think close to 45% of all Americans are considered obese. You want to know why? Because we have become too complacent. We've become too safe. We are just fat and happy. We are nothing but dumb, veal Americans in a box, living in the dark, and we're just ready to be harvested by the people that have not been veal. 
Like, I still think we are the greatest country in the world. We'll never be invaded, even though we were out of shape a-holes. We can still defend ourselves as Americans. So I don't want I, I don't want you to think like I, I'm anti-American because I'm not. We'll, we, we are still by far the best country in the world, and there's no debating that. I got a lot of friends that think that, oh, uh, yeah, we're, we're not that great right now. Uh, we're still better off. Of course we are. So what I'm saying is the reason deep down probably why I got back into shape was because when the crap hits the fan, I want to be able to be prepared. I want to be able to save myself. I'm going to be able to save my parents. Yes, I'll admit I made sure that we are locked cocked and ready to go when it comes to gun-wise. So, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I might be, uh, I might be uh, blowing everything out of proportion. But right now, kind of looking smart. I would rather be prepared. And I'm not one of those, like, doomsday preppers. I'm not one of those conspiracy theory people. No, of course not. I just have seen this whole thing play out on the uh, Hollywood screen, the TV screen. And I've seen it play out in other countries. So why not? Why do we think we're any different and, and it ain't going to happen to us? Because it is. The writing is on the wall. I hope it doesn't. But I, I don't feel really, really good about it. So I'm going to move on to some bigger and better things. I'm not going to try to be a doomsdayer. I'm not going to be Chicken Little. The sky is falling. No. Miss Ann, why not be prepared in case things do get really, really bad? Be back in a few minutes. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by... StitchYouUp.com For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let StitchYouUp help you with your logo design. Visit StitchYouUp.com or contact them Eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch you up. Definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Welcome back to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I want to thank everybody that's been joining me today. And um, I've been really, really looking forward to this interview with Margaret O'Connor. And I got her on right now. Margaret, hey, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing real good. Um, in fact, we're having a beautiful day here, 75 and sunny. Yeah, where are you at right now? Up in up in the New York in area? Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. Are, are you a big Bills fan or, or, or uh, no? Yes, we had a few hiccups there <laughs> the last two games. But, um, of course, this week we'll be playing the Jets. So, I mean, it's a positive. We're on. We're on for another win. Yeah. Now, Margaret, um, tell people if they want to check out uh, you online or any of your websites, where can they go to uh, to be able to find out what your mission is? 
Uh, yes, just go over to yourradicaltruth.com, yourradicaltruth.com. And when you're there, if you would like, uh, I am offering a chapter of my book free for you to read. It'll give you a little more flavor of where I'm coming from on this book. Now, Margaret, let's before we get into any of the questions, let's let's get a little bit of a background on who Margaret O'Connor is. Give me a little bit of a background of, you know, growing up and, and what made you want to be involved in the Catholic Church. Yes, I grew up back in the 1950s in the Catholic Church. And of course, that was a time that you simply didn't question anything. Uh, you wouldn't question your pastor. You know, you might have concerns, but you knew better. And as well, you wouldn't even question Rome. And during that period of time, uh, there was something called pray and obey. Uh -huh. And basically what that meant was that, uh, again, you just didn't interfere in church matters because obviously uh, you weren't uh, ordained. You had uh, no standing. And unfortunately, I think, that went through the centuries, it fouled over, and people in the Catholic Church really weren't used to questioning anything. And I think that did lead to a great deal of apathy, and particularly whether it's regarding the pre-sexual abuse issue, which I did pick it on, and now I'm involved with uh, the woman ordination issue. And oh, Margaret, Margaret, now I, I want to talk about this. So now with with the new age of media, uh, social media, the news covering more stories on a 24 hour cycle, how has it changed the Catholic Church? Because a lot of these issues have been going on for quite a while. Or, or, or am I wrong by saying that? Have, have a lot of these issues been going on for a while? It's just they have not come to light. Uh, that's it. I mean, this, uh, there's a new book out. This uh, abuse has been going on, priest abuse, back to the uh, first century. And um, obviously, back then, it was easier um, before this came out for priests, you know, to do what they did. And of course, children, in a sense, were, were innocent. Even back, you go back to the time of the 50s, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have this and that. But the worst part of it was that these priest abusers were befriending uh, <clears throat> parish families. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, no, take your time. Yes, and they were. And what happened was they had the trust of the parents. Now, now, Margaret, mm -hmm. I, I, I want to get I want to get into the the child abuse stuff, but I want to talk a little bit about it. Um, now, were what were you a nun in the Catholic Church, or or like what was like the last official title you had? Uh, no, I'm not uh, a religious sister, a nun. I'm um, in a member of the laity, the average everyday Catholic. We aren't uh, ordained, um, you know, to a position in the church, but as a member of the laity. You can be a Eucharistic minister. You can take communion out to people's houses, nursing homes, hospice. Now, I now is there is there a gender gap 
in the Catholic Church where where men feel like they are are more more powerful, they mean more than than the opposite sex. Is is there stuff like that that goes on in the Catholic Church? Well, unfortunately, it does because from the time you're little uh, upwards as a woman, you you start to see well where are the women on the altar? Uh, they aren't there. And in fact, my mother she bought. Um, my brother Paul, a replica of a cardboard altar, and he would play the priest, and my twin sister and myself, we would pretend we were the parishioners. But of yeah. course, there was a point where we wanted to take over as the priest, and I can and remember. Like you. Oh, oh no, you can't! You're not a uh, man. You have to be a man. So that was basically my earliest introduction, you know, can to that disparity. But can, seriously. Can, Women are as well baptized, and we as well um, can receive communion, and we, we are confirmed. We have our confirmation. But like after that point, if uh, you get a calling from Jesus to, you know, serve God as a okay. priest. Okay, uh, so, so, so Mary, or Margaret, can, can, can I ask you a question, though? Like, sure. all right, it's, it's a two-part two part question. It seems like all religions across the board, even if it's Muslim, uh, Hindu, whatever it is, is that the men are the superior gender. And, and why do you think that is? And number two, you would think somebody as important as Mary Magdalene, who was a female, who was the mother. Why, why is there that discrepancy when somebody like Mary was such an important figure in the Catholic religion? If you go back to the very earliest times in the church, there was a gender gap because what basically happened was the laws of the church were shaped and Roman law, which uh, wasn't that friendly to women, especially if you were a woman without resources, without capital, without real money. And unfortunately, the Latin-speaking theologians and the church fathers, they incorporated and shaped that law into church law. So from that point onwards, women were just completely looked down upon. Uh, you talk about gender. Uh, men didn't even believe that women were made in the image of God because they had the dominion over women and basically women were uh, nothing. And in fact, there's five... Does it, does it stem from, you know, if you're reading the Bible, uh, women, woman was created out of Adam's rib. Am I, am I right or am I wrong? Is, is that why they feel like they have that over, like if it was not for us, there would not be you? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. It's just that they had very uh, twisted views, whether it's the woman not being made in the image of God. They see, saw a woman as being very unclean. And basically the earliest canon lawyers, uh, it was just unbelievable. They related uh, a woman at that time of the month. They took her period, her blood is yeah. so, so repulsive that if a dog got into that, he would go mad. If you had uh, uh, mirrors in your house, they would turn. 
Uh, if you had crops outside, they would wither. I mean, it was just totally. Wait, so, so wait, wait, wait. They, they, they had a problem with a woman's menstrual cycle. Like, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, that's a, something natural. I mean, if, if, of being unclean. Yeah, but but I mean, when it all comes down to it, if you're a religious person, God is over control of everything. So so wouldn't that wouldn't a woman and and that part of her her life that she has to deal with on a monthly basis be a part of God's design? Well, definitely. But in their twisted views, that was another reason why they shouldn't be on the altar. Because and especially at that time of the month. Oh, my God. I mean, it just it really it literally um, uh, obviously it's, it's pure insanity. But this do they ever say in the Bible what sex God is? Because the way I look at it is that um, everything comes from the mother. The mother gives birth to new life, okay? And mm -hmm. if God created everything, wouldn't it almost, like, make you think that God could be a woman? Well, God has, yes, different, si really different sides to him. He is a man. But as well, if, if you uh, think about it, the way that he treated women kindly, and um, you can see God, like, as a motherly fig figure, and just the way he treated women, he, uh, you know, treated them with respect. He treated them with dignity. Now, I want to, I want to, I'm going to move on a little bit. Now, what, what is your opinion? Because I, I've thought about this a little bit. The root of a lot of the sexual abuse that goes on in the Catholic Church, I think it could be decreased a lot if they allowed the priests, the cardinals, all the higher-up men in the Catholic Church to be able to marry, to be able to procreate, to be able to have sex with, uh, with the opposite sex. Do you, why, why is that? Can, can you explain? It's because the church fathers uh, way in the early centuries created this concept of celibacy. But, but why, basically, though? I, I don't understand. Okay. Basically, this uh, celibacy was that a priest basically couldn't have relations with a woman. If you're going to be a priest, that's taboo. And what was behind that was way back in that time, time in the earliest centuries, if you had any type of land, that was big capital, big money. And... Um, the popes, of course, they were married, and the apostles that back then were married. But then in their thinking, they thought, wait a minute, we can't lose all this money and wealth. And if, if you have like a religious figure that's married, um, and, and then he dies, and, and their family members take over and take all this money away. I mean, it was very twisted. Um, but, 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 but what I'm saying, though, is that Back, back to what I was saying, if you're a religious person and you believe that God is in control of everything, he created everything, he is infallible, why would you deny somebody that is at the holiest part of the church God's will uh, to be able to procreate, to be able to re re reproduce? Well, that's the thinking of the men then. 
you know, they, they were just stuck on that. They changed that and that had to be so. And, and that was it. And, and even still today, that's why there's this awful pushback that, no, we can't change anything, even though the Catholic Church does allow men from the Episcopal faith to come in and be a Catholic uh, priest, even though they obviously have a family. So, you, you know, you're getting like a hint of what the Catholic Church could be in the future if, uh, you know, men were able um, to be married. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about is that, you know, I am a victim of childhood trauma. Uh, and this is why the Catholic Church has has been a little bit of something that I wanted to learn more about to understand because um, it just why why is this happening? Why is it, it, because I would like to hear from you, your opinion, why is the sexual abuse so prevalent in the Catholic Church? And why is there not being more done to to battle this? And why are these people not doing any jail time? Okay, um, well, what happened was there was this awful culture, I'll call it a culture of secrecy of lies, of cover-up. Well, basically, what it comes down to is the bishop is making a decision. He's basically taking an offending priest and he's believing in what psychologists had said through the 70s or 80s that, oh, yes, these individuals can be, uh, let's say, rehabilitated. When in fact, of course, they weren't, and, and and a lot of them had even lied just to get back to the priesthood so they could resume their awful ways. But the bishop had a choice to make, and to me, this was where there was so much wiggle room, and it, it was just sickening. As a man, I mean, he knew what these priests were doing, and he labeled that as sin rather than crime. So if you're saying that, oh, the priest committed a sin, well, then you don't have to send him to the police department. You don't have to have him go through a trial or to deserve the punishment that he deserves to be put in jail. So to me, it was awful how in anyone's mind, and they say when they're raping children and then label that a sin as opposed to a crime. So I'm I'm just as confused. And it is. So is what you're saying is that God will forgive all sins. So if we label it as a sin, they don't have to do any jail time and God forgives them. Maybe in their twisted minds, that's it. But I, I just, I, you know, I, it's not right. And now, until these enabler, not only the offending priest, but until these enabling uh, bishops and as well as cardinals are uh, put in jail, this is going to uh, continue on. This is a serious question. Um, I've always felt this way. Now, from everything I've read that the Catholic Church is one of the 
most profitable, most worth entities when it comes to religion and pretty much the whole world, correct? I mean, um, why do you, would you have a problem with churches being taxed? No, not when they've not followed the, the laws. I mean, the moral laws, the compass of the church. Um, they are such, they're just out of, literally out of control. And now, um, Catholics that haven't really acknowledged this <clears throat> sexual abuse issue, hopefully, when with the bankruptcy and they can see what's going on, it's going to become more real to them. Uh, I would be out picketing, and there was basically many times there was just myself and maybe one or two other individuals who themselves had been abused. And we would stand out there and we would wonder where are the other members of the laity? I mean, where are these other parents? Um, just as they didn't seem to be, they were oblivious of this. The bishops themselves don't seem to feel what's gone on. They just can't seem to relate. Even when they'd say, oh, well, well, we have to forgive this priest. There was like no anger. There was no, to me, it didn't sound like a legit confession. Um, and that troubled me. Because when you have something that... It's happening like this on such magnitude. Um, how can they come out and say, well, we have to forgive first? No, we have to have accountability first. And this just is totally has been lost in this whole equation. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that really made me upset was that, you know, the Catholic Church pays no taxes, but they were able to get a bailout from this last stimulus package to the Catholic church. And I, and I thought that was completely unfair in my opinion. If you're not going to pay taxes, the government should not be bailing you out just because the collection plates are a little thin from week to week now during this pandemic. Yes. And the, the man that I pick it with Dan, he, he was definitely saying that that here, you know, the church has covered up all this abuse. And now uh, they, they keep saying they don't have money, but it would really be interesting, and, and Dan brought this point out, to, to look at a diocese. And obviously, I don't care what city you're in, all across the country and, and in the U.S., and you see the, all this property that they have, and they're always saying, oh, we don't have, we don't have any more money. We don't have any more money. Well. Those assets are, are hidden, but they're there. Yeah. Um, how far up does this this uh, scandal go when it comes to this sexual abuse? Does the does the Pope actually really know what's going on? I I, I don't I don't think he really knows. Uh, I well now you know considering where it's basically everywhere. Um, I was troubled that there was a, a cardinal from um, Australia. I think his last name was Pio or Pell. 
Mm-hmm. And he was basically in jail for only a short time. And then he ends up over at the Vatican. Yeah. And like everything is hunky-dory. So that that did, uh, you know, I was upset about that. Now, Margaret, have you ever had a chance to meet a Pope before? Well, believe it or not, not, not to talk to, but I was picketing. <laughs> you were? Yeah, uh, yes, back Back in 1976, uh, St. Joseph. Was it Pope John Paul? Uh, pardon me? Was it Pope John Paul? Uh, Pope John Paul II came uh, to this event that was held at the Statler Hotel. And what happened was um, he pulled up in front of the hotel. We were picketing our bishop because they wanted, it's a cathedral built there in the Civil War. And they wanted to take out like existing stations of the cross and put modern ones in, you know, it would just totally ruin everything. So anyway, we're picketing in front of the Statler Hotel and this big black limousine pulls up and out gets Pope uh, John Paul II. And I will say he didn't scurry in. He stood out there a few minutes and was like reading our signs. And then, of course, he moved to go in. So, of course, we obviously, you know, stepped back. And he walked in the front door, and the Bishop of Buffalo at that time used the side street kitchen entrance. Yeah. To enter the well, hotel. Now, this might be a tough question, but could you in the future, you know, a lot of people here in the United States thought we would never have an African American president. Could you ever see a uh, African American pope in the future? Definitely, if uh, things Pope Francis was really a breath of fresh air uh, after uh, Pope Benedict. Benedict, yeah. Yes, you know what I'm saying. He he was such a change, and if we stay on that line, uh, it it should be open really to. Um, you know, folks of any um, culture. Yeah, now, I don't, see, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I did. I just didn't know if there was any uh, higher up African American Africans, uh, blacks that would be, that would be even like up to being pope. Well, first you have to be like the uh, the cardinal. Uh, so I'm not sure. You know, in other lands. Um, Oh, what, so what so, positions are? So this is a this is a question, okay? Now, like, can you give me the behind the scenes? Because I know, like, all right. So when they're when they're confirming a pope, the it has to come out white smoke, right? If it's dark smoke, uh, you have to you know move on and vote again, correct? Yes. So so what 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 causes that? Is there any like? scientific explanation when it comes to what causes the white smoke to the black smoke? Uh, it's something with the paper that they use. Oh, okay. Huh. That's well, what Margaret, I've heard. Uh, Margaret, one, one, one final question. What is, what is considered the most highest in regards when it comes to the Catholic Church that a female has ever gotten to? Will will a female ever be a priest or will a female ever be a cardinal or or do you see that as something that's not possible? 
Well, it is possible. Back in 1976, the Pontifical Commission, the Pope's Commission, said there's absolutely no reason why a woman can't be ordained. And Mother Mary of God is a woman priest. So we, we have the example from Mother Mary. We have the Pope's own commission back in 76 telling us there's absolutely no reason why a woman can't be priest. So yes, it will happen, but it's going to take the laity to, to wake up and realize that they have been betrayed, their trust, any woman's trust, they've been lied to about the actual history, past history of women priests, bishops, and deacons. And it's all right there in our history. It's not, you know, starting a new tradition. And believe it or not, the church fathers took away the t Mary's title back in 1927. Oh. And John Winsgard said the coincidence he believed was that other denominations women wanted to become priests so wow. again it's cover up it's lies and it's deceit and until the catholic church hierarchy is made accountable for their actions nothing will change but anyone in the laity right in vatican ii it says the laity has the right to speak up so don't think you know, I'm doing something wrong or you would be doing something wrong. So let's get let's get out there and get off of our good intentions and ask Rome why if these five biblical positions, which now we know are a complete uh, prejudice, why haven't you changed that? Why aren't you listening to what your own commissions are telling you? Well, Margaret, I had a I had a wonderful time chatting with you. Uh, if you could uh, let people know once again the website they need to go to if they want to check out everything that you're talking about. Oh yes, thank you. It's yourradicaltruth.com. Yourradicaltruth.com, and there is a petition there. If you believe Mary, Mother of God, should be reinstated. If you believe women are equal and should have every right to become priests, sign it. I don't care if you're Catholic. I don't care what denomination you are. Every signature will help. Yeah, if you're if you're a supporter of women's rights, this is a great thing to get behind. Thank you. today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out Vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by StitchYouUp.com PocketPairClub.com Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to 
paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds at gmail.com. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?